Welcome to Just a Phase, a podcast about modern parenting. Episode 5, Parent Crush on Joe and Janine. Today we're going to talk with my awesome, crush-worthy neighbors, and we're going to learn why I have copied a whole bunch of their parenting moves and uh, will probably continue to do so. Plus, we're going to talk strategies for not drowning in your kids' holiday gifts, uh, creating family traditions, and you'll join me in being really jealous of Drew's idyllic city street. Let's do this. Okay, hello. I am Whitney Crispell. I'm mom to one-and-a-half-year-old one Vivian and the baby that's going to be arriving, you know, any day now. <laughs> And I'm Drew Ludwig, and there are no babies arriving any day now for me, but I've got three wonderful daughters, nine, six, and four. And as always, we're going to try to keep our swearing to a minimum, but uh, if you're listening with kids around, you have been warned. Um, so Drew, how are you? I am doing very well, and you? Good, good. good. I'm doing well. Yeah. Uh, some of the stuff we're talking about today, like getting ready for Christmas, uh-huh. uh, my wife introduced me to a wonderful rhyme. Uh, for gifts and uh, my 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 kids have extended family and grandparents and aunts and uncles and we get so much junk uh, wonderful cherished <laughs> gifts every Christmas and we I drown know. in it and we we try to purge and get rid of stuff and give away stuff but we still get so much so we are very disciplined in our gift buying for our own kids and we learned a rhyme I think from the internet I know, I like this. And since you told it to me, I've actually seen it around a little bit, but I I still am giving new credit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the rhyme is something you want, something you need, something to wear, and something to read. Yeah, I love that. I really like that. So four gifts, and like one of them's good for your brain, and the other one's kind of practical. And yeah. I guess the thing you need is also very practical. Yeah. So, and then a treat. We all got to treat ourselves. It's sometimes. good. It's good. I was so good last year with Viv, um, you know, not doing, not, not going crazy because I knew, I mean, we've, we both of, both my parents and both of Sean's parents are divorced. Um, so we have four wonderful, you know, kind of grandparent units. So they get a lot of gifts from their grandparents. And then we have lots of aunts and uncles. So we knew that there was going to be this like, insane amount of presents so we got Viv one present last year and I was like so proud of myself it was like a you know like a play tower thing and that was it I was like she doesn't need anything more and I this year I was thinking I would do the same thing and I already have like a pile of maybe four or five little things for her and I'm like stop it stop it stop it stop it so you've got different sets of grandparents my kids do too do you do like sub grandparent names do you like <laughs> sort of like grandpa <laughs> joe or like Grandpa and Granddad and Grammy and Nana. We sort of have left that up to the grandparents. So there's a Nana, mm-hmm. there's a Titi, uh-huh. and then there's a Grandma. There's two Grandmas that just go okay. by Grandma. Just and grandma. sometimes when we refer to them, we like say their first name after Grandma. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And then the Grandpas go both go by Grandpa. We've got Grandma <laughs> and Grandpa last name and Grandma first name. And then we've got Nana. Who we've kind of established the name thing, so sometimes she's Nana first name, and I didn't check with any of these people to see if they want to be on podcasts, which is, <laughs> I mean, they have, <laughs> Whatever. At, my kids don't say, Nana first name, come here, right? If you want to um, see Drew's children, you're going to be comfortable with him talking about this. Yeah, and then we've got granddad. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. So. You're not, neither of us have like weird, have you ever talked to someone who just has like 
I don't know. They call their grandma like fish stick. Like not really, but like you know, there's some so, weird names out there. So for my grandfather, who I really like, uh, and I love him, and he's still alive. He's not listening to podcasts, but he has has and always been pop pop, and it and and my other surviving grandparent is Grammy, and it mm. it like but people look at you like I felt like a weirdo. Like Especially all my kids adult, would be talking like about grandma. Pop up and Grammy, right? but I can't call them anything else because that's who they are. Um, so, yeah. yeah, but no, it, it's better than fish stick. <laughs> so I, I was trying to think of a good example. I can't wait to be a grandparent. <laughs> <laughs> this is your mom's stick. dad fish stick. <laughs> uh, no, I like that. So what do you guys, do you, so that's your rule, the like one thing you need, one thing you read, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's your rule within your family. Do, have you ever attempted to put limits on your parents for sure we've attempted <laughs> yeah okay all right. we've attempted all kinds of stuff yeah. yeah yeah have you attempted uh yeah yeah i mean and and everybody's been very good about me like taking our suggestions or like this year i had a conversation with my mom about being like you know i and not not that she was gonna do this but i was like if you're thinking about a tablet just don't right like, that's still that better kind than of a stuff i think they listen better than to. a puppy but I remember when the, before the baby was born, having a conversation with my before Viv was born, having a conversation with my mom about, you know, gifts, and she was just like, "Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me not to buy my grandchild a gift." I was like, "Okay, all right, I'm gonna chill. I'm, I'm gonna back off." <laughs> yeah, no. So like, yeah, me, me and my wife, like, we'd be like, "Ah, gendered stuff. I don't know about that." And like, telling a grandparent, like, "They're girls. Pink, 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 pink." And then my girls, like, they're naturally like, I want a princess with a princess inside of her that's <laughs> also pink. <laughs> I want a pregnant princess. <laughs> I didn't think through that before I said it. Okay. <laughs> but, like, one level of princess is not sufficient. That's the point. Love it. It's got to be extra princessy. Yeah, it's true. It's true. All right. <laughs> On a related note, um, I was going to see if you had any fun family traditions that we eat clam chowder. I could steal. <laughs> Do you like clam chowder? Because then it's good to steal. No, it. I'm vegetarian. I don't eat fish. Either. Okay, yeah. you can have potato chowder. Okay, it's not the same. So you eat chowder? Yeah, that comes from my wife's family. I don't know why, but I love eating fish, so I'm down. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I work in a profession that's kind of busy for Christmas. Yeah. So, um, we're actually starting Christmas today because my mother-in-law, like. She comes early in December, and we celebrate oh. with her first. Cool. And we usually go with her for tree shopping and decorating. Cool. Um, and then, uh, like, Christmas Eve is when I need to do, need to, get to, do a church service. So, like, we do a family thing, like, Christmas Eve day during the day. And then Christmas Day is just us. And then usually there's a chance to, like, travel and see one grandparent or another after Christmas. Mm -hmm. That's fun. So, That's yeah, fun. Nice and easy. Yeah, the, I mean, we've we also often watch like the Simpsons Christmas special. I don't know if that's that's like, a tradition. I, well, how yeah. how many times do you have to do a thing before it's a tradition? I don't know, twice. And then it's a tradition. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Now we, I, I just it's it's something that I thought about. I mean, obviously, I thought about it when I was growing up, and we had certain things we always did, but. You know, last year I started thinking about it with Viv. Like, are there things I want to start with her? So one thing that we did is, you know, we do s we celebrate Christmas in a non kind of religious way. So we have tree, of a tree. We have two trees actually, <laughs> um, because 
we're nuts. But anyway, I buy. I decided that I was going to buy her an ornament every year to represent. Oh, that's sweet. Something that happened in our lives this that year, or something that happened to her. Um, so then, when she is older, she'll have like a starter starter kit of her Ooh, own ornaments for her yeah. own tree. So I thought that was a cool idea. And then this is not like a, a Christmas tradition, but. One idea that I love that I would love to steal is we have <laughs> friends of ours who every New Year's at midnight get – and their girls are older now. They're, like, in high school. But I, I got to witness this once when they were younger. They go march around their neighborhood with pots and pans and wooden spoons yeah, and just walk around the block banging Making them noise. at midnight. And then they come home. And then that's it. And I just always – it just is hysterical to me. And it seemed really fun. And so I thought – before even before I had Viv, I was like, I'm gonna steal that someday. What day do you open presents? Christmas. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I grew up doing family presents on Christmas Eve, oh. and then like immediate family, and then like gr- grandparents and others okay. and Santa Claus. But that was all Christmas Day, so I liked having two days. But but that's not the way my family does it now. Yeah, and I I don't know if I've mentioned my exact due date on this podcast, but my my due date is Christmas Eve, so I feel like. This kid comes then. It's going to be a whole. We're going to have to. And if she's a girl, you're going to wheel. name her Merry Christmas. No, I'm not. There's nothing wrong with Spoiler these names. Alert. Nothing wrong with these names, but I'm not doing Holly or Carol or Joy or. Jesus. <laughs> Sean wants to do that. He's like, it's a boy. We have to. He's like, we have to name it Jesus. We have to, have to, have to. I'm like, no, no, no. Anyway, okay. let's let's talk about our parent crush. Yeah. But that's that's your part. So introduce oh, our parent crush. Yeah. So uh, you and I have both known this couple for a while now. Um, although you know them much better because they're part of your neighborhood commune, which Not everybody officially <laughs> a commune. It's a commune, and everyone will have a better understanding of of it after listening to our conversation. But you know, I've known them primarily through the used bookstore they own and they've just always really I've always really admired how community minded and involved they are as business owners and residents. And it sort of hit me that I, I really knew them like individually as a cu- and as a couple, but I didn't know that much about them as parents. So it was really fun um, to get to know them that way. Yeah. And they they run a great business and they're really good people, but they're also really good parents. Their kids are independent and kind and smart and so i figure they must be doing something right as parents if their kids are turning out all right yeah so uh without further delay let's hear from joe and janine thanks for joining us Uh, we're really excited to be here with joe and janine petrie who's in your family how did you come to be a family what do we need to know about them so um I am Janine, and I'm married to Joe, and we um, have been married for 13 years. I had to do math as we were sitting here to figure that out. Um, And we are parents to Samantha, who is nine, and Daniel, who is eight. Or is it six now? Weeks? So we're going to have to remember to switch it because it's 10 and nine. (laughs) Gotcha. Uh, how long have you, so right now you live in Buffalo, how long mm-hmm. have you been here? We've been here, I probably also should have done math on that, like seven years, right? I was going to say six, seven now. Six or seven years. Yeah. yeah, we moved here from New York City. Joe's originally from here. I'm from Florida. Um, so we moved here after we had both of our kids in Brooklyn, and we outgrew our tiny apartments and our tiny jobs and decided it was time to move. 
so we headed to Buffalo. We love it here. Yeah, well, well, go ahead. You did what a lot of Buffalo people do, and you bought a house that was kind of falling apart and yeah. made it <laughs> less falling apart, right? <laughs> Marginally. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what we did. So we looked at the cost of living here and decided it was kind of a no-brainer. Um, so we settled, and we put down some roots, and um, have really loved growing our family here. So you mentioned like the small apartment in Brooklyn and then being able to have a house here in Buffalo. I mean, was that, a, a, I mean, I'm assuming that was like a big part of wanting to move from a big city to a mid-sized city. I, I don't know. Is, I don't know anything about Buffalo's a mid-sized city. An aspirational city. I think for us it was more just the difficulty of life. Like I remember when we had, our, our children are only a year apart. They're like 53 weeks. So, Whoa. yeah, so pushing that double <laughs> stroller through, like, the subway and having to rely on strangers to help me carry them down three flights of stairs and, like, run errands, I get stopped being cute. Like, it wasn't fun. Um, and we really loved living in New York. There's a part of me that was torn about leaving. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? But r- rationally, even though I loved a lot about New York City, I kind of felt like we were pre- paying a premium to not enjoy the amenities of the city once the kids came, and particularly as they were getting bigger. Um, you know, pushing that double stroller down the subway stairs in the snow wasn't worth going to wherever we were going to go half the time. <laughs> you know, and that would keep yeah. us in. And then all of a sudden we're paying this outrageous rent. And when we looked at move, moving further out, you know, it made the city less accessible. And we said, well, what are we going to pay to not go to New York City for when we can pay so, much less and come home? Yeah, the calculation was as long as I'm not going to have a life, not having yeah. your life should be cheap. <laughs> Isn't that Buffalo's motto? You can not do it for less here. That, that yeah. said, you came here, you rehabbed a house, you uh, bought another one, a small, well, with your family, you can talk about that, started a small business, oh, yeah. went back to school, mm-hmm. um, so like, seems like you haven't done nothing. You know, and I feel like we fell into it all. You know what I mean? It's, oh, we just it's... happened to open up a store. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get to that, but in a way, yes. Huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that our lives have taken a very different... We always joke about how, like, if someone had asked us, like, five years ago to imagine what our lives would be like here in Buffalo, we would have never imagined this. Like, I had a midlife career change. We own a shop. Um, so I, I feel like we're really rooted in our neighborhood, which is something that I never really felt passionate about being involved in. Um, and so I, I don't know. I would have never imagined that our life would go yeah, in this direction. It's, it's funny how that happens. Tell mm-hmm. you know, tell people listening about about your shop and and about your your creation. Sure, you can talk about the shop. Okay. Uh, four years now we've been there. Yeah. Uh, we opened a used bookshop um, uh, on Grant Street, which is a tr- kind of a transitional neighborhood in Buffalo. Um, and also we live a block away from the shops. So that's where we bought our house. Um, We've been there for four years now. Uh, we got into it, I think, initially because we were selling books online. Uh, we, we both moved back to Buffalo with, really without jobs, and Janine found something related to her career right away. So I had started by staying home with the kids um, and had gotten into selling books on Amazon online as we go thrift storing with the kids. Um, and uh, I don't know, after a while, we just decided to give a brick and mortar a chance. Um, at the time, we had a, uh, an acquaintance, too, who was a partner. Um, who was really enthusiastic um, about going out and uh, you know trying the brick and mortar piece, and in all honesty, I think the irony and the partnership piece didn't work out. It fell apart pretty quickly. But if it wasn't for the 
partners, cheerleading and enthusiasm, I don't know that we would have gone ahead and tried the brick and mortar shop. I yeah, think the other thing moving the momentum forward to open the shop though is that we saw how much having brick and mortar can really affect the neighborhood. So we bought our house. Um, there's a cafe that had just opened. And so we bought our house and we went to the cafe while we were shopping and we thought, well, we're going to buy whatever house is closest to this because like, look at this community that's here. There's this beautiful coffee shop and um, great energy. And so we bought that house, which is like I said, a block away. And so we just wanted to kind of build because we love our neighborhood so much and adding a bookstore really adds a lot of interest and value to the neighborhood. Yeah. No, actually that was in a, in a funny way, kind of part of our calculation. We said, well, if it, if it doesn't succeed, Maybe it'll help us in another, you know, in, 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 in tangible ways because, uh, you know, a bookstore in the neighborhood would be a good thing, and having an excuse to read more would be good for us. Yeah. <laughs> so, you, so your kids were like five and six when you opened your business. Yeah, yeah, they were yeah four and five. Four and five, yeah. What, yeah. what was that like? How how were they involved with it? Um, they oh gosh, we made them tag along for everything. Um. Yeah, they got, still do. They still do. We've yeah. Got pictures of them rolling paint in the store. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. They um I it's interesting. I, I think that having the bookstore has made them kind of know that they have to be game for anything. Like they are great about playing ball and they need to like do errands for the shop or pass flyers out in the neighborhood for a community thing. Like they're really good about showing up and being a good sport about because the business is it's a big responsibility and it's a family, it's a family endeavor. So we really do need their they need to be on board, um, even though they're little. And they were littler then. And, but now I think that they are growing to like the bookstore more. They didn't. Our bookstore, the physical space, used to be a bakery and a gelato shop. So for the first year or two, the kids would say, oh, gosh, I missed this when this was an ice cream store. I'm like, yeah. Like, why did you ruin this <laughs> I know. place? Sorry we took away your ice cream store. Um, and the other, the other side note about how the kids think about the bookstore in a funny way is that our daughter, Samantha, um, She's like, oh, can I have my birthday party at Barnes and Noble? It's like we <laughs> own a bookstore. <laughs> at least she likes books. She loves books, but th she really thinks Barnes and Noble is just heads and tails above our bookstore. <laughs> According to the numbers, she's not. Alone. She's probably not. <laughs> <laughs> You're on your way. <laughs> yeah, so that's the bookstore. But it's been—I think it's been a big part of our family because through the bookstore we've met. So many people and like our customers are not just like it doesn't feel very transactional like we get to see them so much we get to know them um so i think it's really widened our community and the kids community as well like they really get a, they get to know our customers too because they're there sometimes i thought you were gonna say it doesn't feel transactional because people like me stop in visit talk, they stay forever and don't buy books <laughs> <laughs> there's no transaction very often very often it's just visiting it's yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's true, but that's kind of the fun of the bookstore, right? <laughs> so at this point, um, you two both have other jobs outside of running a shop. Too, no, right? we just transitioned. Oh, no? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a new thing. So, okay. um, so I, when we first moved to Buffalo, I worked in nonprofit. I worked for the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, and the office kind of closed here. So um, I decided to go back to school. Um, so I'm a nurse now. Which, yeah. So during the time that we've had the bookstore, I've gone back to school. Um, and transition to a complete different well, career. And when we started the shop, I was doing the shop, and yeah. you were at Crohn's and Colitis. Yeah. The office closed, and within months of us opening the shop, right? So here's this new business. We put the little savings we have to get it going, and and all of a sudden she's out of a job, and I'm like, okay, well I guess we're 
folding this thing if you want to go back to school. And no, we found a way to make it work. Janine, um, I, I went and got a job at Journey's End Refugee Services where I worked for three years. And I just left that a couple months ago um, when Janine graduated college. And we just basically redid the school, the schedule around her school schedule. Yeah. It worked we, out we closed good. Tuesday, Thursdays, which is pretty unorthodox for a business, I think. But <laughs> but it, but it worked with college. It's mom and pop, yeah. <laughs> it <is true>. yeah. <laughs> um, so it's been it's been a good transition. So now Joe's at the store, and Joe loves the store, so that's good. It's been great. Uh, it's been really good. And then I'm I work at um, South Buffalo Mercy Hospital in RN. So I would love to hear you talk about your independent kids, which is one of the things I. This is the parent crush episode, right? Oh, let's do it. So I'm like, man, I wish my kids were like your kids. Maybe we should I probably, should parent like yours. We should probably explain that Drew and I live, we live across the street from each other. Yes. Yeah. So that's, our kids are together very often. He stares probably out his window and crushes on you. He's yeah. He's you. Like, look at how independent <laughs> those kids are. <laughs> and, <laughs> and she, she listens to the screams coming from across the street. <laughs> says, oh, but for the grace of God, go on. <laughs> well, we, uh, we live in, like we said, like it's an older neighborhood. The houses are very close together so we joke that during the summer we all get to hear each other's bad parenting because everyone's got their windows open like and oh. we all bad parent <laughs> we together. all bad parents like yeah. we sit on the porch and sort of watch the children move up and down the street and yeah. if some somebody does something really bad then we try <laughs> we to intervene, intervene. yeah so, but but so you've got a store and you've got a kid who goes to school in the neighborhood mm-hmm. and like you had to fight to let your son walk what two blocks from your school to your store? Yeah, they they looked at us like we had three heads when we suggested that he should walk to the store by himself. He's um, in fourth grade. Like it's, I, I don't think it would be all that unordinary for him to be able to walk two blocks. Like he knows the neighborhood. He's he really has a good head on his shoulders. He has to cross two one way streets with stop that signs. are side streets with yeah. stop signs to get to Grant Street where the shop is. Mm-hmm. And then he walks down, and actually Grant Street is a very busy street, mm-hmm. but then he w- walks down across the street from the shop where I help him cr- walk out of the shop and help him cross every day. Yeah, so it was um, it was kind of a, I couldn't believe we had to pick a fight to do it, but yeah, we had to like sign a letter that said, like, you're leaving <laughs> responsibility. Well, and it was a weird thing, because I felt like it wasn't a big deal at all, and all of a sudden I was in this conversation that made me feel like I was some kind of negligent parent <laughs> for what wanting- <laughs> <I know. laughs> for. For wanting him to walk home, yeah. Even even though I, it couldn't be that big a deal to walk home, if it was, they'd send a bus, right? Yeah, <laughs> but it's really, it's really good because he really enjoys it. Like I asked him, like, do you feel safe? Do you feel comfortable? And it's like his independent little Daniel time. Like he loves it. Yeah. So and he to the point where he will like go out of his way to because he tries we to dodge walk the you guys. same walk yeah. with our kids, and he's like, I will run ahead or lag behind, but. Yeah. Yeah. So they're pretty independent kids. And then we have a system set up whereby if we aren't for some reason at the bookstore or whatever happens, he just goes to the coffee shop on the corner and gets a hot chocolate, which I think he had to do a couple weeks ago with you. You were Drew was maybe there or I wasn't Oh, I saw him. Yeah, he just I walks in and makes care of his business. Yeah. I didn't know that that was like an emergency plan. Yeah. He seemed so like I thought I thought you sent him to get you coffee. No. <laughs> so so let me ask Drew, what makes you what else have you observed about their kids being independent that that I guess you well, I don't envy want them to... or aspire to? And then why don't you think that your your girls can walk? Are they just <laughs> <laughs> yeah? What's wrong with your kids? <laughs> oh, so much. <laughs> your kids are younger, in fairness. My kids are younger, and I I mean my kids were foster kids, so like they had a 
different yeah. beginning to life. Um, so, but I, I mean, I don't want to get you guys arrested for negligent parenting, okay. right? But like, no, it's fine. Like you, you guys can come over our house and like leave them there, both of you at the same time. Yeah, right? we do do that. They're older now, so um, like we'll go over to your yeah, house. Yeah, and I do a have bit. a younger, younger one. Yeah, so. we'll um, we'll leave them, and they know where to go. So actually, like last night, we were over at Drew's house, and our kids were at home, and it's their bedtime. And Daniel showed up at the door and was like, it's an emergency? He said, no, the thing that you printed, printed, I brought it for you. So, like, he's like, (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, like, we're really just directly across the street from each other. So, it's it's fine. And they're, um, I think what we're really happy with is how they've kind of blossomed into these really responsible people. Um, And it's good to see how their personalities grow. And, like, they they know that that the way they act is why we're able to give them such freedom and responsibility. Mm -hmm. I think we're also spoiled, though, because they have each other. And they're just about the same age, and they're both pretty responsible. So I feel like if we probably get to do, if if I want to run to the grocery store in in the afternoon, I don't have any qualms about leaving them because they're never alone. They have each other. Yeah, yeah, and they they've always consistently shown us that they make good decisions, yeah. which really helps too. There's, if they stop showing good decision making, then maybe we can change a real, that. Like, emotional <laughs> responsibility, where like, or not res- maturity, like where they like think about stuff i think also you know our kids like samantha is such a rule follower that i don't i would never have a problem trusting her to do so. like she really loves rules she loves <laughs> she told me she wants to be a police officer she yelled at a mugger that was running down our street the other day <laughs> to stop <laughs> she, <laughs> she's really she loves rules and following them and enforcing other people to follow their rules <laughs> so, so in one of our recent episodes we talked about um the idea of gentle parenting, the um, <laughs> parenting movement. I know yeah. the name just always makes people laugh. Yelling at muggers. Excuse me, kind of. I'm sure that there's a good reason why you think you should be taking that. But have Is you thought yours? about the other person? No, no. no, but I think that the idea behind that is that you that you treat your children as as whole people. Yeah. You treat them with respect, and they kind of. I just see some similarities there in, in your kids. You know, and maybe it wouldn't work out the same for everybody, but you have empowered your kids to to be responsible and to take care of themselves. And then, and, and, and it worked. I mean, you respected them and you gave them a chance and now they are able to do things by themselves. And I wonder if that's not part, I, of, part of the secret. I don't know what and you so think. So <laughs> would you describe yourselves as gentle parents? You know, honestly, I, we, we saw that podcast title and I didn't finish listening to it yet, but we laughed because we're like, oh gosh, we're next. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I wouldn't describe us as gentle parents. <laughs> like, Amped up parenting. Amped up parenting. <laughs> Actually, Joe, Joe laughed because when we were looking at that, the same day Daniel, my son, had made this pillow thing out of felt and he was like do you think i could sell this and i was like no (laughs) i had a conversation my daughter was my youngest was like where's my money like we have an envelope with her money and she's like from birthdays and christmas and she's like how much do i have and i'm like why do you want to know how much money you have and she's like because sam is selling me a a stuffed animal thing and i was like that is not how you buy something (laughs) i was like you don't tell her how much money you have because that's how much she'll ask listen those kids grew up in a business (laughs) (laughs) they're cranking out widgets and they're going to sell the widgets (laughs) they understand a book's value is arbitrary why can't i (laughs) yeah so 
don't know. I don't know that it's gentle, but we definitely talk to them. Um, like they're people who, you know, can make decisions. And I, I think that we're also really good about being honest about who we are with them. Like I've told them, like, we'll, we'll discuss what an appropriate, like what's an appropriate punishment for this. And Daniel will be like, you'll have to give me these rules and you'll have to follow this. I'm not doing that. Like, <laughs> have you met me? I can't enforce a rule over a week. Like we need to figure That's out something why I'm else. That's why you to <laughs> you, come up with the you. punishment. <laughs> so I think we're really honest about like our faults. I'm like, you're gonna need to come up with something else because that doesn't fit our personality is that we're, we're not super organized and we're not, very on top of things so like we do need that like we're pretty honest with them about that which i think is forced some independence yeah anyway right mom it's... and dad are gonna take care of it we can start a failure parenting movement <laughs> if you just don't do it enough they'll do it themselves yes. <laughs> oh you're hungry better learn how to cook <laughs> gentler <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know that we've really thought I feel like we used to read a lot of parenting books and really put a lot of effort into our like like thinking about how we parented and then we just became these parents and haven't really thought about it very Did often. Did you listen to the books? Mm-hmm. Um yeah. 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 Behavior like the, you know, I mean, whether it was sleeping book time, you know, back then, yeah. and then getting into more like the 1 2 3 yeah. timeouts and those kinds of things as they got bigger. Yeah. Um, but they were, you know, do you want to make a book plug bookstore owners? Oh, um, no, we were just talking about getting rid of our parenting section. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I bought stuff from It's, there. it's only sale. you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. They're really, yeah. We'll they're... pare it down. <laughs> How do you two work out when you have like a, a parenting conflict or a parenting issue that comes up? What's, do you Ooh. have sort of a process oh. for figuring that out? I don't know. You know, I, maybe this is good news. As, as the kids get older, I feel like we have fewer discussions about what we should be doing with them because like the groundwork's been laid. We know how we parent them. And um, I think when it was more, when they were little and they were toddlers and, you know, toddlers are just little tornadoes and they're, you know, um, so they're really, I think there's more conflict then because there's more stuff to deal with. But now there's very little, I think that we've, de- but I will say this, I'm going to couch it with this. We have not yet hit tween and teen years, so I know that we are probably this podcast in some in three sort of years. <laughs> yeah, there's probably people listening who are like, like they have gear no up, girls, idea boys. What's yeah, I know. <laughs> so I don't know that we. Uh, can you think of something? I, I, I don't know that we have a lot of. I think the default way we operate is whoever feels stronger gets their way. <laughs> it, I think that works. Yeah. Uh, in all honesty, you know, like we're talking about whether it's, you know, moving schools or, or those kinds of issues. The Buffalo schools, I feel like, have always been a struggle for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, as far as where to try and where to go next, um, it's almost been a, you know, what do you think? What do you, you know, one of us, in almost every decision, I think, feels stronger than the other about where the next, where they should go or what they should do. Yeah. Yeah. So that's actually probably a good way to put it. We do do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's actually really similar, I think, to how um, my husband and I have worked out conflict is usually, yeah, one of us feels like really strongly about something and the other one picks a fight. (laughs) (laughs) 
Turn. It's hard. You gotta choose your battles. Because because how sure are you that you're right? I, <laughs> I think we also do a really good job of telling each other when we're losing our minds. Joe will stop me and be like, "No, <laughs> you're done." Like he'll tell me like when I'm getting over when I'm overreacting to something, and I'll do the same to him too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we think that we have a good check on that. I, I, and that's probably good for our kids too, because there's always somebody else. It's like mm, you're probably not right about this. Well, and that's the <laughs> like those times when you're losing your mind. That's when it's really nice to have like the neighborhood involved, right? Mm-hmm. So like I'm starting to lose it, like their friends across the street, or at their bookstore down the road, or there's coffee right around the corner, and it's like Janelle and I have both like, oh, we need to take our own little time out right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> You watch the kids. I'm taking a walk. I'll be back soon. You know. Yeah, the amount of built-in breaks that we get over the summer on our little block of Mayberry is pretty nice because there's so many houses with kids, and we all know each other. So our kids just kind of disappear um, into each other's homes. Um, so there's always kids in my house and Drew's house, and there's probably like four or five other neighbors that they'll go into their home. So you get lots of built-in breaks where the kids just go. And then actually as the kids get older – um, like our kids will now help with some of the littler kids. And I think that they keep the littler kids occupied, which is yeah. nice too. I, I think what you're describing is is maybe going to make a lot of people jealous. And but and and it's like the fantasy, right, is and that a lot of people feel like we don't have anymore is like this neighborhood where kids can kind of run around. And Drew, you can weigh in on this too. What have you all done – I mean, besides starting a brick-and-mortar business, which is a huge deal. But what have you all done to sort of foster that sense of community? Because it sounds awesome. I, I mean, I feel I'm like jealous. it just – well, I want to say it just happened, but you guys helped – like, you guys were working at it before we were, so. Yeah, and any, like, any advice to people who maybe want to – Move, move to a street with sidewalks and yeah, sidewalks. Honestly, and also like make an effort to go meet your neighbors. I think it's momentum too. So like once we all yeah, started. Yeah, we established a norm. Now there's a norm. So when a new house moves on, when a new family moves into a house in the block, we're all going to show up and introduce ourselves. That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that, that that has sort of made a great community on our block where we all kind of know each other because we're all – each other's business. <laughs> you know, I, I think it is really happening organically in the neighborhood too. I mentioned that neighborhoods being transitional, and it, part of that transition is there are a lot of you know greatest generation homeowners who have left the neighborhood, who rent these houses out, and who are now moving into retirement phases. And the natural buyers for those houses are young people starting up. So I think there are you know as they sell, there are more young people with families moving in anyway, yeah, and it's just kind of the the life cycle of the neighborhood. But I mean it's. We do have a gift in that it's easier because, like, we don't have to, like, call a person or even knock on a door, like, to see them. It's like someone has a kid and they're outside, like, they're parking on the street or walking into in and out of their house. And so, like, we, I feel like we organically cross each other's paths way more than a lot of other neighborhoods and a lot of other places. It's a great. I can't imagine leaving the block. Yeah. Right? Well, and it's also weird. We're, it's fortunate in that a lot of us have professions where we work weird hours. So there's freelance photographers and bookstore owners, and I'm a minister. So, like, there's a lot more, like, people going in and out during the day, mm-hmm. which yeah. helps mm-hmm. a ton instead of, like, everybody evacuates at 9 and shows up again at 5. Yeah. And, like, I, 
you know, at the beginning of summer, there's always a conversation. It's like, what are the kids going to do for the summer? So people who don't live in on our block will ask me that. I'm like, I, they're going to go outside. Yeah. Like that, that's, Greenwood <laughs> plays summer camp. We'll get t-shirts <laughs> next year. They just go out in the morning and they come back at night. Like that's, that's what they do. So that I think we're really fortunate. I mean, there's over 20 kids on the yeah. block that are around the same age. So Really? Yeah. Over 20? Yeah, we did a count the other day. Yeah. I know. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Scary. Yeah. And like some are babies, but they'll, they're on, you Babies know. count. Babies count. Well, and that, I mean, so my baby was kind of, ba- like, Courtney was 11 months when we showed up. So mm-hmm. that first summer, like, it was all the big kids. And I'm just so grateful that, like, Courtney was always, like, a bold kid. Because we would watch, like, this sea of, like, bikes and basketballs and people, like, running back and forth. And then this, like, toddler would just kind of, like wade into the middle of it yeah but like she wanted to be like she could not even possibly keep up but she just kind of like experienced it yeah do you know i think she another made her bolder though right yeah you know what i mean she's her sisters are over there she wants to follow her sisters that's gonna force her yeah i think another thing that really helps our block is that everybody keeps their things in the front i don't i know that sounds crazy <laughs> no, so no, 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 no. no we've got communal I, ownership no, I think yeah practical advice is good i too, think I that think. actually really helps so all the kids know they can come take stuff off of our porch and we know that they take things off drew's porch so there's like rollerblades that are on our porch and there's a rope that's hanging from a tree in front of drew's yard <laughs> that the children play on constantly it's a rope swing it's a rope swing <laughs> yeah. but they're on it samantha is out there for hours and so i think that because everyone keeps their things in the front and nobody has like these secluded backyards where like that you don't get to go in, you know, like yeah. everybody plays. I mean, there are backyards, but they don't play in them though. No, no they play in the front. Mm-hmm. So I think that really helps. Like your family made stilts. Janelle made stilts. Drew's wife. Yeah. This year, all that's these... on my bucket list. I just want to put that <laughs> up there. Is, is learning to walk on stilts. Oh, I thought <laughs> you, you were going to say Greenwood. I was like, you just screw some. <laughs> There's sticks with feet. <laughs> So, like, projects like that, like, all the kids... Actually, I came home one day, and one of the other neighbors had put a slack rope up in between two trees, and oh, was like, that's that. dumb. <laughs> like, you need independence more. It's not that. <laughs> so, like, he was out there, like, holding hands for hours. Um, but I think that that sort of brings people together when you're all outside in the front. I think that that really helps, and the kids know that that's how there, it works. There's this great book... Um, mm-hmm which is, I guess, a part of a movement that this dad started called Playborhood. Have you oh. ever heard of it? No. What, what you all are describing sounds like exactly what this dad did. And I think he lives in, I actually own the book. I should read it. Um, <laughs> but he, I'm pretty sure that he lives in the suburbs. And, um, you know, he just was really discouraged with, like, there were a lot of kids in his neighborhood, but they didn't um, play together. Mm-hmm. And so he basically turned his front yard into, like, a communal play space. Yeah, mm-hmm. who did just what you're saying, like left a bunch of stuff out there, like got rid of the nice manicured lawn and instead, you know, had fun stuff. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think yeah that make helps. it inviting and people will come. We also, um, I, I, we were talking about the kids running up and down the block one day and someone said, oh, don't the neighbors get mad if they run on the yard? And so like even the kids that don't, even the families that don't have kids are really I think they're tolerant of uh, the amount of children on the block. But then most I, of them love it. Most there have of been them love a couple it. exceptions. So but. there's um, like there's an, a couple whose their kids are in their 20s. And our kids hang out there all the time because they're like, oh, Mr. Don's teaching me how to sharpen this pocket knife. Like, they just, like, <laughs> they, they're still West Side kids. They're still West Side kids. <laughs> yeah. uh, but they're like, oh, I know Miss Jeanette's good for a yogurt if I go over there. So, like, they. I, I and think, Megan had a pig. Oh, yeah, we had a neighbor with a pig. So, like, they're, I, I think that even the ones without kids are really tolerant. 
tolerant and helpful in terms of like with all of the children also on their front yard. And the other thing that I, I would say helps, at least from our perspective, and this is more personal for you, but in the summer we get Nana Bobby. Yeah, my mom stays up here. She needs mom. <laughs> and like she's retired and likes to be outside. So yeah. on the porch most of the summer. Yeah. And and my my middle daughter in particular loves older people for whatever reason. So she just becomes like Nana Bobby's like, uh-huh. right-hand girl. They drink tea. I, I think it's yeah. important to point out that my mom's a little crotchety and loves um, telling people what to do. So she will sit on the porch for about 12 hours a day and just like <laughs> keep all those kids in check and wow. tell people to put their dogs on leashes. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that kind of helps in the summer to have her kind of overseeing the yeah, chaos absolutely. of the summer. And I don't know if it was your mom's influence or – my influence or your influence, Joe, but for a little while this summer, my youngest, Courtney, took at shouting at every single car that went down the street. Oh, that's fine. Slow down. Mommy. Yeah, yeah, that's fine, my mom. Yeah. But she didn't, did, it didn't matter how fast they were going. It's just like, that's how you greet a car. Yeah. <laughs> slow True. down. Yeah, slow down. I love it. I love it. No, I totally have a crush on your neighborhood. It's so, like, ridiculous. I like mine, but. <laughs> I don't know. I might want to try to move up there. Yeah, sounds house for sale. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't too long ago people told us we were crazy for buying there. Actually, we right. were at a party with some of Joe's high school friends. Joe grew up in the suburbs here. Oh, yes. And um, <laughs> one of his friends from high school was like, oh, I'd live in the city, but you know, I've got kids. And then we're like, yeah, you know, we That's do too. <laughs> we have a paradise for them. <laughs> <I know. laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so shifting gears here, we're, we're, you know, we're like, we're in the middle of the holiday season here. And it doesn't have to be holiday, I, but I'm always so interested in, in family traditions and what people, you know, my, like my peers are, are doing with, with their kids and their families. Do you guys have any fun family traditions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you go, go for West it. Virginia. Friendsgiving. Oh, Friendsgiving. Oh. oh, you know, but that's Thanksgiving related. So that's okay. This is a really fun one, actually. So when we lived in Brooklyn, um, no one really went home for Thanksgiving. So we had all of our friends had Friendsgiving together. Um, and this is when we were all, like, young and young 20s and no kids. Um, Everybody in New York that we hung out with was a transplant, and they were all going to go yeah. home for Christmas. So we all got together for Thanksgiving every year. Yeah, so we'd always cram into somebody's apartment and put a bunch of folding tables together and make this big meal. So um, since then, most of us have left the city, but we still get together every Thanksgiving. We rent a big house in West Virginia, um, and all of our families get together. At this point, everybody's married and with kids, and and so now it's morphed into this giant group of people. Um, And you do that on Thanksgiving? We do it the week before Thanksgiving, yeah. So that's um, that's kind of our big one. for the that's, holiday season. That's a great tradition. Yeah, it's yeah. the best. Yeah, it's it's kind of my favorite part I mean, about Thanksgiving. What, 20 people in the house now? It's growing uh, if you count kids, it's way more than that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we uh, the house gets bigger and bigger every year. But um, yeah, it's, a, oh, it's a ski lodge down in, in the mountains in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's probably our and favorite. We've ended up going there every year now for the past few years. We had a friend that got stranded there one year and after everybody else left and we had a car repair for a week. Yeah, yeah. It, evidently, it's a bad time in West Virginia to break after your car to break down is the beginning of hunting season. Yeah. So he, I think he was there much longer than he anticipated. But he, he ended up working it, on like the city's website for the library. Like he was there long enough to pick up work. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So now we go back to the same. It's Davis, West Virginia. We go there every year. Nice. Mm-hmm. I like that. So that's our holiday tradition. I mean, our Christmas is pretty standard. We, you know. Well, we've. One of the nice parts about moving back is, uh, as a little kid, I went to my Aunt Sharon's house every year for Christmas Eve, 
and now my kids are going there every year. So that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of nice that there's almost like a sense of continuity there from my childhood to theirs. Um, and then we go to my parents on Christmas Day, although this year will change a little bit now, right? Do you, do you have an overnight shift? No, I don't work there. You don't get any Christmas. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming and talking to us. Um, is there anything else you want to say to the wonderful world of the internet before we end? No, I think that's it. I think th- this is a really great podcast. I really appreciate you guys doing oh, it. Yeah. yeah, I love it. Well, I guarantee everybody's going to have a crush. I don't think we've on, on your neighborhood and you guys, but I don't think we've revealed like, where you guys live. We'll keep it a secret to protect. Ooh. Oh, people <laughs> won't take that much investigation to figure it out. <laughs> no, but thank you so much for coming on. We really. Okay, yay for the Petries and yay for Ju- uh, Drew's commune. <laughs> if, if it's mine, it's not a commune. I know, you need it a name. The people's commune. You need a name, yeah. yeah we'll see about that. <laughs> uh, so let's do our picks for person, place, and thing. Whitney, what's your person, place, or thing? It's a thing. Um, so mine is, it, it's kind of related to what we were talking about a little bit in the tradition or in the, in the introduction, it is called the book of new family traditions, how to create great rituals for holidays and every day. And it's by, um, Meg Cox. Uh, we'll put a link up in the show notes as always. Um, but it has really great ideas for holidays and it's, it's actually where I got the idea to buy Viv a new ornament every year. But even more than the ideas that she puts together for holidays, I love the rituals that she puts together for daily life. And then, you know, kind of non-holiday milestones, like first day of school or, you know, when a girl gets her first period. She just has these, like, really creative, awesome ideas. Um, And, like, there's a whole chapter on just kind of rituals that you can put together for the dinner table. Nice. That involve like getting your kids to talk more about their day, and and so it's 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 a really great book. I really highly recommend it. And like I said, I'll put a link up. What about you? So mine is people or a place, depending on how you define it. I've okay. made it five episodes without doing a self-referential plug, uh, but my people and my place are comedy sports. Okay. Uh, so comedy sports is a show that is all ages, uh, and sometimes. You only have the choice of doing something that is good for kids, right? Frozen or good for, well, I don't know, as a grown up, I'm tired of it, right? Or good for adults, and you're like, oh, my kid should not be listening to these lyrics, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, comedy sports is hilarious for everybody, it's accessible for everybody, and it's cheaper than most nights out. It's not just here in Buffalo, uh, where we're, we're recording this podcast, but in 21 cities in the United States and Europe. So, so what it like you go and you sit in a theater? It, is well, that the idea? It seems like a theater, but it's a sporting event. So it is the arena uh, oh. where Buffalo Buffalo Comedy Sports competes in competitive improvisational okay. comedy. Cool. Right. So two teams going head to head, referee, uh, public address announcer, announcer, all that stuff, uh, competing to make you laugh. And at the end of the night, one team's a winner, and the other night goes the other team goes home, you know, ashamed and sad. Have your kids gone? They have. They yeah, love it. Cool. Actually, my my kid. So I feel bad because we take them, but we don't take them all the time. And for Father's Day, like 
I think it was in Sunday school. My kid like made a little like thing about things that I love about my dad, like things he does for me. And it was really, really sweet. And it went up on our bulletin board in the hallway. And like just the other day, I was looking at the bulletin board and she took a pen and <laughs> added and takes me to comedy sports. Aww. Well, yeah, it's really sweet, but I haven't done it in a couple months. So like, I feel like that was like, a ge- like come on, get on it, dad. <laughs> This is what I like about you is to do it. Oh, that's a great I, that's a great suggestion. I like it. Okay. So self-serving, but good nonetheless. Um, that's it for this episode. As always, you can email us your thoughts on the show or your ideas for future topics. Send us that email at justafazepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to everyone who always, who has already made suggestions. We've got some really great ones. And you can also check us out at justafazepodcast.tumblr.com. Um, we'll post the links to the episodes and any resources you know that came up in our conversation. And subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever great podcasts are downloaded. Write a review. It helps people find us, and we want that to happen. Just a Phase podcast is produced by me, Whitney Crispell, and our theme music is Urbana Matronica Ruyamix by Spinning Mercado. I thought you were going to which, make me say that all the time. Which we have graciously used under a Creative Commons license. Now, Urbana I'll Matronica. Myself, I'll give myself credit sometimes, and I'll make myself say yeah. that. Well, it's, but when you take the when you say it's produced by you, I don't get to say what an amazing job you do. Thank it's you. It's produced well. <laughs> all right. See you, Drew. Have a good, See you, have a good couple of weeks. <laughs> Bye.